days. You ready? Three days. Three days before this, this wild ride. Has, it, has this just gone a little fast for anybody? And it's like they took an extra week away or something. And Kelly was telling me, she was trying to explain to me yesterday that there is an extra, and I'm like, okay. I just don't get it. But what happens Christmas time? Besides giving gifts, besides eating food, besides a ton of wrapping that takes seconds to unwrap, it's fun to watch my daughter last night. She, has, she went on YouTube and learned how to wrap yesterday. And so she's wrapping all of our presents. And of course, I buy an obtuse one. It's kind of a weird one for Kelly. And, and it's, a, it's a triangle thing. And, and she's like, Dad, that was awful. <laughs> but what happens beyond that? You get together with family? Is that a good time? Yeah. For the most part, Right? Do you ever have those, 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 those times? You know, I know there's a bunch of movies out right, right now. Four Christmases is one of them that comes to mind. Or some of the other ones where uh, 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 National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation comes to mind. Uh, a bunch of these other ones that, where you see a dysfunctional family. There's actually a, a, a television show, or not television, but a thing on Netflix about a dysfunctional family for Christmas. And when I say dysfunctional, it's not even kind of dysfunctional. It's beyond dysfunction. Christmas is when family gets together. Is there ever any issues? Any problems? Any conflict? Okay. I enjoy living this far away from my folks some days. You know, I don't, th- I don't know, ha- Kelly, have we ever really had a time with mom and dad at Christmas? Oh, wait, we did. When we lived in Ohio, we were there. Uh, yeah, okay, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, but most of the time, we spend families apart, right? But it's neat to see, you know, as, as I look around in the, the room and I see so many are back from college and, and so many families are coming back together uh, for this, this next three or four to five days, uh, we see that there can be issues and problems and conflict. But here we see in this passage of Scripture today, we see a family, a family that's having a crisis who then have a conversation, who then there is a conclusion. And so we're going to look at those three things, and Danny just read it, and it was, a, it was, it was this, the, the, the beginning church. We, we have this second problem within the assembly. In chapter 5, it was the, deceit, the deceitful heart of Ananias and Sapphira, but here it is the complaining in the ranks of the believers. So we're seeing another issue. This is a passage of Scripture that shows or teaches us what family unity is all about. It starts with each member of the family having a role or an assignment to serve the family of God and each other. You know, yesterday it was fun to watch. Uh, uh, You know, we had those gifts to give. And uh, (laughs) Ava and Trevor, they're gone. They're in the nursery. Well, they can hear me, can't they? Maybe they can. They were, they came with Misty to help deliver some of these gifts. And, uh, you know, when I first think of these young children, I think of uh, what are they going to see? 
Uh, are they going to be completely, you know, how excited will they be to give these gifts? But I watched Trevor. You know, he walked into my office and he just walked in and goes, we're here to help. And he sat down and he goes, and he looked around and he goes, wow, there's a lot of presents. And I said, and, he, and I was finishing the Bibles. And what I did is, is simply what I was doing is I took, I took a, a Bible, a brand new Bible, and I put the name of the family with their address, their phone number, the names of who were going to be receiving things. And then inside the envelope, I put an invite to church service on Christmas Eve. I put a, uh, the business card that we had made of what time the church service was, the one that's out back here, which you can take as many as you want because we have tons. I then also put my business card with my cell phone on it so that they could get a hold of me if they needed to, stapled to a $25 gift card to the uh, uh, Helping Hands, along with the bookmark, How to Use This Bible. Okay, And so each family got that. And it was fun to watch because that was kind of the, I, I, I asked Dylan when he and I were out there, I said, I want this to be the last thing that they get. Not the first, so they go, oh, thank you, gifts, you know. We put the gifts underneath the trees or wherever we put them, uh, and then here's the Bible last. And, and this is for you, okay. And, and it was funny to watch Trevor. Trevor was excited. And he was telling me where they're going next. I'm, we're going here next. We're going here next. Me and Mom and Ava, we're going here. And then I was listening with the last one, and this is, this is what got me so hard. It, it died in my heart, because he sat there, and, and Mom and Ava were, were, were taking presents, and they both had their hands full of presents. He walked over and got the door, and he goes, my ladies. <laughs> awesome. So when I talk about roles of a family, they each had a role, Okay. Uh, and they all were doing, they were all together doing the same thing for, the, for one purpose. Okay? Well, here we see again another passage of Scripture where, 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 where God is giving us a, another, uh, uh, another lesson uh, to, be ex- to be excited, to be ready for everything. First thing is a conflict. There's a conflict. We see it in verse 1 of chapter, of chapter 6. Now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose from part of the, Hel- the Hel- Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. The Greek-speaking widows feel that the Hebrew-speaking widows were being favored in the daily distribution of food. Does that ever happen? course it does. When we read the description of the early church, the miracles, the sharing and generosity, the fellowship, we may wish that we could be part of that perfect church, do we not? But was it perfect? Because I'm going to tell you something. All churches have problems. All of them. Every one of them. It might not be glaring in your eye, but we have problems. Do we have problems at Elam? Brian's like, "Uh, get over it. Come on, keep moving on. He's like, move on, move on, next point. 
But yes, we do. There are issues that, that come up where we get upset or we don't get our way. I know that a few months back, well, six months back, seven months, eight months back, sometime last year, we went over through about what it means to be a church member. And one of them is to put others first. But we see here it wasn't a perfect church. If we can find a perfect church, I would like to know where it is. But I'm going to ask you a question, and this is, this is rhetorical, so you don't have to answer, just put it back in your head. If there was a perfect church out there, would they accept you? Some of you got it, some of you didn't. <clears throat> because I'm not a perfect pastor, and they'd be like, sorry, you're not perfect, we can't have you. But here we see that there is no perfect church. How can we be a part of a how can we be part of the solution, not part of the problem? Well, here we see the Greek-speaking Christians complained that their widows were being unfairly treated. This favoritism, I think, was probably not intentional, but likely, most likely, in, not intentional because of the fact maybe it was a language barrier. Have you seen and heard Greek? Have you seen and heard Hebrew? Way different. And now they live together. To correct the situation, the apostles put seven respective, guess what? Greek, the ones that Danny was reading, kind of hard names, Respective Greek-speaking men in charge of the food distribution. This solved the problem and allowed the apostles to keep their focus on, guess what? On teaching and preaching the good news of Jesus. They got together, they saw the crisis and said, Okay, Lord, you tell us what we should do. Well, we do have some Greeks that could take care of the Greek ladies. Oh! <gasps> What a novel idea. Like-minded people working together. What's in a church? What's in a church? Do we all see things the exact same? No. We see things in different lenses. We, some of us are going to see things through blue. Some are going to see it through rose. Some are going to see it through clear. Some aren't going to see what we're even talking about at all. But what the apostles did, because they were, as we looked back all the way in the beginning to where we started this, Acts chapter 1, they were filled with the Spirit. God was talking to them. He was sharing with them, this is what you should do. I need you to handle this crisis and make it so that everybody is being treated fairly. So the crisis came up diverted. That was the crisis. The conversation that they had was that they knew that, that, that there was a dilemma, but, they, but, the, but the, the apostles said, we don't have the time for this. Their decision was here to that they, like I said, selected seven men. As we go through, and I'm going to give you a little bit of the Greek here, okay? The seven men were not actually called deacons at that time, although the word ministration in verse 6, chapter 1, is diakonai. 
That's the name of what they were called in Greek. And this word is literally translated deacon. Elsewhere in the Bible we see this simply means servant in 6 chapter 2 uh, or, in, or to serve or ministry in six chapter, or chapter 6 verse 4. Their duties, these leaders believe their ministry should consist of praying, teaching, and preaching. Simple, huh? They sat there and said, listen, we, I know there's a lot to do, but we got to focus on the main thing. And so I'm going to share with you many passages of Scripture here. We're going to go through them. There's probably one, two, three, four, five. Well, there's quite a bit. I was up a little. Okay, anyways. Um, we're going to look at when, what the Bible tells us about the leaders of the church, Okay? And they're verses from Scripture from both New and Old Testament. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Proverbs 28, 9. He who turns away, turns away his ear from listening to the law, even his prayer is an abomination. What do those two mean? Keep God inside and listen to my teaching. Pretty simple, okay? Samuel ministered in this many, many same ways. 1 Samuel 12, 23. Moreover, as for me, far be it for, from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, but I will instruct you in the good and right ways. Samuel said, no, I'm not going to do anything else, but I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to teach you. And I'm going to give you the, exactly what the Word of God is saying. Okay, see a little, I see a little pattern here. How about we go to Jesus? What did Jesus say? Boy, there's a lot of those, but I only picked out a couple. Mark 1, 35 through 39 says this. In the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and went away to a secluded place, and he prayed there. Simon and his companions searched for him. They found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And Jesus said to them, Let us go somewhere else to the town nearby, so that I may preach there also, for that is what I came for. And he went into their synagogues throughout all Galilee, preaching and casting out demons. First things first, right? Paul. Got to have something from Paul. Colossians 1, 9 through 10. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respect, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Are, 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 are you seeing it? I'm praying for you, I'm preaching to you, I'm teaching you. Pray, preach, teach. What's your job? Pray, preach, teach. How do you do those things? Well, it says in Scripture we should continually be in prayer, right? Teaching, 
God calls some of us to preach. If anyone would like to come on up, come on up. Teaching. I will tell you this, that is not my strong suit. I teach more out of my actions than I will ever do in a classroom. I know that about myself. I'm trying to learn to do this better. I've got a guy who, was, who is my hero, who I think is the best teacher I've ever heard, besides Dr. Monseth. Okay? And he says the same thing about me. He goes, I'm a really good teacher. You're a better preacher. Exactly. The shoe just dropped. <laughs> or my jaw just dropped on the floor. But the thing is, is that those were the things that they continually came up into. We see back in Acts 1, through the prayer and the word, the apostles found God's will. Ephesians chapter 16, verse 17 says this, And he takes the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. The passage of, uh, the, passage of the Holy Scriptures states that prayer and the word will overcome the evil one. Then we got to see another one. This is one of my favorite ones I found. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 9 through 15. And it is written, He scattered abroad and he gave to the poor, and his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increasing the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality. Which, though, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not fully supplying the needs of the saints, but it's also overflowing though through many thanksgivings to God. Because of the, the, the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contributions to them all. While they also, by prayer and on your behalf, yearn for you because of the surpassing, surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his incredible gift. Wow, we're, we're seeing a, a simple equation. Prayer. It's foremost. Hearing the word of God and studying it. That was their job. But what happens is the crisis happened to where the people came and said, uh, 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 I'm not being taken care of, and you need to do it. You need to do it. And the apostles said, wait. Wait a second. You're right. You need to be taken care of. We're going to get you some help. But we have to do this because this is what God called us to do. Hmm. The conversation happened. The conversation to overcome the crisis. 
These, these passages of Scripture indicates that the ministry of prayer and the Word will provide all the church needs. We're going to see that very shortly when we get to Acts chapter 20, where prayer and the Word built the church in every way. So, what was the main problem? What was it, or is it, what is the secret to this? Because they said they continue to grow. What's the secret? The food problem was solved by putting, th- put, by putting first things first. The apostles knew that their primary ministry was to prayer and preach and teach the Word of God. So they came to a conclusion. We're going to call these seven men. Stephen, Stephen, Philip, Porcherus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas. Note that these men selected all had Greek names. That showed the love of the early believers. In honor, they preferred one another. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love, giving preferences to one another in honor. So, how do we honor others? How do we honor others in one or two ways? I found this, uh, this reading in, in one, of my, one of my books in my office. It says, one involves ulterior motives. We honor our bosses so they will reward us, or our employees so that they will work harder, the wealthy so that, we will be, that they will give to our cause, the powerful so they will use their power for us and not against us. But God's way involves love. As Christians, we honor people because they are our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ and because they have a unique contribution to make for the family of God. These seven verses are showing us real life, every single day church business church membership, church affiliation. Crisis, come, crisis happens. I almost said crap happens. Crisis happens, same thing. Freudian slip. Crisis happens. But then conversations have to happen. This morning I had a conversation with some, somebody over the phone because there's a small, in poquito, crisis that needs to be taken care of. And so I had a conversation with that person and said, what can we do? Do we need more help? Do we need this? What, what, what do we need to do? And we, I think we came to a good, a good place. Other things happen too. And there needs to be that conversation of the leadership. Now, now, does that mean that the pastor just to go sit in his office or go sit on a mountain and wait for the Lord to talk all the time? I wish. I heard he talks a lot on the golf course. So I might need a membership. But the thing is, is that as your pastor, my main job is to pray for you, to preach the word to you, and to teach you in any way that I can. If it's one-on-one, 
if it's in classroom settings, or if it's in an example. Good grief, I know sometimes I teach the wrong things through my example. As deacons, one, two, three, four, fifth one's working. He texted me this morning, he goes, gotta work. Their job, guess what? Is to assist me. To come alongside. Guys, I need you to help me with this. It's a hard job we've had to learn, hasn't it been? Huh. He's over here laughing. He goes, yeah, we have a meeting Thursday. Just wait. But, you know, Peter told me one thing a few months back, and he put it in football terms. He goes, if you're going to call a play, we have to know the play. That was eye-opening for me. Because I just expected that they already knew. This is your job. Go do it. Follow and go. Hang and move. Well, no. Trustees, there's some in here. Maybe not. But I know they can hear me. Guess what their job is? To make sure the church is looking good, lights are on, bills are paid. Budget and staff. They're the hands and feet. They need help too. Not just the three of them. They need other ones to come alongside. Oh, there's one right there. They need to have other ones come alongside to help them out. I could do it part-time, sure. I can come underneath you, Dan. Sure. Daryl, you need that done? Okay. Got a couple hours next Saturday. Okay, but then there's other things. Guess what the most important thing that we need right now? Starts with a P, ends in an R. Oh, thanks, Danny. He was like, pray. Prayer. Who can do prayer? If you can pray, raise your hand. Okay, well, you can raise your good. Is that your good one or your bad one? Well, that's your good one. Put your bad one up. His wife's over there going, please don't, please don't. We can all pray. Because this is what this whole section is about. It's not about finding one person and saying, you are the one that I need you to do everything. The apostles knew that. And so they said, okay, we got our deal? Here. 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 We all have to pull our, pull our part. Then you got that guy back there, Mr. Brian, and Brooks right up front here, the leaders, president and vice president. Hmm. They got a job even harder than the rest of you. They keep pastor's brain right. This guy texts me all the time. And I think sometimes just to make sure I'm still moving. Watching the game? Yep. Well, actually, I wasn't when you texted the other night. But anyways. But we all have things. And God is showing us through this, 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 this crisis, 
through this conversation and through the conclusion, let's focus on the right thing. What's the right thing? We're going to close right after this. What's the right thing? Here it comes. Because what Jesus Christ did on the cross, he's able to teach and preach and show us his... Boy, you got it. What am I going to do next? Hmm. Probably the same thing for a very long time. What happened in Jesus Christ's life? Was there a crisis? A little, <laughs> a little one. Yeah, a little one. First of all, he came to earth, right? Which we're going to have in three days. He came to earth. He grew for 30 years, and then he was destroyed. Crisis. Why? There was a conversation that God had with the world from the cross. Father, forgive them for not, for they know not what they do. It is now finished. Then Christ rose from the dead and walked and talked to those same guys again and say, Did you get it? And they're like, Uh huh, we got it now. Because we've seen things that you don't even... We, wow. Conversation happened. Conclusion was, go now. Matthew 28. Go and make disciples of all the world, teaching them to observe all that I said, but baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. The Conclusion. Because guess what? He came once, he's coming again. He's coming again. Why? Because he says so. Again, we see through this passage of Scripture of him teaching how to go through crises as a family, how to have a conversation as a family, how to come to a conclusion as a family, just like he did. He had the example, and he showed you his grace, his mercy, and his love. With three days away, do you have those three things? I hope so. Because he wants you to have all of them. He wants to show you his grace. He wants to give you his mercy. And he wants to be, fill you with his love. If you don't have that, I'm going to let you have an opportunity to pray a very special prayer. A special prayer that he gives to us. And he says, if you want me in you and for you, I have something very special and is what I did on the cross. So if everybody could close their eyes and bow their heads. If you need to put Jesus Christ back in the middle of your life, in the back in the middle of Christmas for you, and remember what he did for us to give us his grace, mercy, and love, I'm asking you to pray this very simple prayer. Heavenly Father, I confess that I have sinned against you, and I need your salvation. Please forgive all my wrongdoings and let me live in relationship with you from, from now on. I do receive Jesus as my personal Savior, fully trusting the work you accomplished once and for all on the cross. Thank you for saving and accepting me and help me to live a life that is pleasing to you. Father God in heaven, I thank you for your word and I thank you for how you teach us how you love us, how you show us, how you continue 
to come to us with your grace, your mercy, and your love all throughout your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit as it fills us today. As we prepare to have a party, a birthday party for your son Jesus. And in his name I pray, amen. Please stand and join us. What child is this?